Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Russell Wortham Show, coming to you live from beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Tucson, Arizona, stone's throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon, folks. We are back and back in the middle of greatness. Tons to talk about today. We'll get through uh, that uh, momentarily. But uh, a couple of bits of uh, housekeeping uh, in the opening. And then uh, when uh come back from uh, the uh, quick break, we'll, we'll tell you what's on tap for uh, this week. Alright, so first of all, I have decided that uh you know I, I when I when I split off my show when I said I'm going to do a wrestling show, I'm going to do a sports show two different days, I, I honestly goodness thought that I was giving myself like less work to do, you know, less prep time and and and, and all of that. But um but uh, I, I quickly found out that uh, that's kind of untenable, and so uh, I've decided to go back and to just recombine everything, have sports, have wrestling all in one show. It's just it's just easier for me to uh, to to prepare that way. It's going to come to you every single Friday. And I I know some of y'all are like, well, how do I get to the Russell Wortham show? Well, you can go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, virtually anywhere you can get podcasts. And just type in the Russell Wortham show. It's going to pull everything up. And so... Um, there is that. So that's that's the first order of of uh, housekeeping. Uh, the second, and this is a, a quick shout out to a friend of mine that I've known for many many years. That I've uh, over the last uh, couple of years that I have uh, reconnected with. And uh, now his on air name is Jack Sunday. Uh, he is up from Fargo. North Dakota, great, great, great radio host. He's been at this for over 50 years. He just signed off after 50 years on the radio. But never fear, never fear, he is going to uh, go into the podcasting business. If you want to listen to Jack, if you, if you, if you know of Jack... If you grew up with him, either in, uh, you know, he was in Salt Lake and Denver, certainly in the Boise, Idaho area where I grew up, and and you want to uh, listen to him, check him out. Go to the KFGO website. That's kfgo.com. Just look for podcasts, scroll down, you'll you'll see Jack's, uh, both of Jack's shows. First was the drive that he did for quite some time. And 
and uh, then he's got a, a brand new show that he just started up, so check that out if you can, kfjo.com, and uh, you will not be disappointed. Right, so, going to take a, a quick break, like I said, get everything reset, and then I'll let you know what is on tap for today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and uh, thank you, first of all, for listening to this podcast. Like I said in the opening, if you like this podcast, if you like what you hear, you can go to anywhere, and I mean absolutely anywhere you can find podcasts, just type in the Russell Wortham Show, it'll pull up everything, and uh, so there's there's that. All right, so what's on top? Uh, what's on tap? I should say for today. In sports, we're talking about the XFL. We're talking about Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant. Uh, that was an amazing memorial. My gosh, that was amazing. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about. Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder Part 2. And then finally, we're talking about the miracle on ice at 40. The good, the bad, and the really ugly that just in the last recent has come about because of uh, some politicization of the, uh, of the event. Uh, so we'll, we'll go into that in wrestling. <clears throat> We're going to, uh, talk about Super Showdown and the fact that Charlotte Flair returned to NXT. That, that did not suck. That match with Bianca Belair did not suck. We'll talk about that in the second half of the show. Also, Going to go through some of the uh, fantasy booking, if you will, for WrestleMania. It's only basically a month away uh, coming to you live from Tampa. Uh, AEW, we're going to talk about Revolution. And that Iron Man match between Pac and Kenny Omega, which was just incredible. It was just, it was just absolutely incredible, and we're going to uh, share with you more uh, thoughts about Nick Aldis versus Marty Skrull at the Crockett Cup uh, in NWA. So all that, so much more. So let's get going. All right. So we start off with the XFL. Week three, and I gotta say that there was there were uh, two games that were blowouts. One that was actually the best game of of the week, and one that just absolutely put me to freaking sleep. It just it really bored me. So let's just go over this really quickly. So you had 
DC, the DC Defenders beating, or me, I should say, a losing, losing to the Los Angeles Wildcats, thirty-nine to nine. Now, what's so significant about this game? Well, a couple of things. One is that LA's offense finally got off the ground. I mean. Norm Chow is one of the greatest offensive coordinators like ever. College, pro, uh, he's, he's done it all. I mean, for many, 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 many years, he was the offensive coordinator for BYU. And then he moved to USC, and now he's in the, uh, now he's in the, um, the uh, XFL as the offensive coordinator. For the Los Angeles Wildcats, dynamic offense. Just you, you know that he is going to install a pass-friendly uh, offense and and just really get some high-tempo offense going in there. Whether or not that's going to translate on the field, I mean, who who knows? But I will say this. Scoring 39 points, that's that's pretty good chunk of change right there, <laughs> as far as Los Angeles is concerned. Uh, and, and for the D.C. defenders, Cardell Jones absolutely looked just, I mean, he looked awful. He looked absolutely awful. Um... Yeah, Cardinal Jones, 13 to 26 uh, for 103 yards uh, and four interceptions. I thought it was five, but it, it, it was only four. That was the first time that Cardell Jones looked bad. And yes, again, I know it's only week three, but for a guy who, I mean, I'm just kind of scratching my head and thinking, why are you not on an NFL roster? Um, this is going to add some some debate to the mix of like, well, is he an elite player? Uh, and we'll see over the next seven uh, weeks what happens. But he just, he looked bad. I mean, and the the four interceptions that he had, I mean, he just, he got into third down situations. He panicked. He just launches the balls. And, I mean, the uh, Los Angeles defenders had so much time to just, I mean, they didn't even have to fight for the ball. They just ran, ran the pattern and just turned around, yep. There's another interception. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad <laughs> for Cardell Jones. Uh, not saying he will have a bad time of it, but yeah, this is this is really kind of one of those. Okay, you had a bad game. How are you going to rebound? Uh, next up. Now, this game, uh, this next game we're going to talk about, this is, uh, you know, I, I have said, and I'll talk more about this when we go over the attendance for this week. 
I have said for the first two weeks, and I'll say for this week, that it really looks bad when when you're when you're uh, a producer, if you're a director. It, you know, heck, if you're an advertiser, you have to frame. I mean, it, it's all about how you frame the shots. Because if you if you frame it <clears throat> just so, you can not to say that you're lying, but you you can you can reasonably make it look like there is. Uh, you know, a, a pretty good sized crowd. But uh, when they pull out, you you can see at the upper, you know, ring, the upper bowl, some of these stadiums, they're just flat out empty. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So, again, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the attendance, but. I'm going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite here when I'm criticizing the attendance overall, but then you get to St. Louis, same scenario, the upper the upper ring was not, I mean, it wasn't anybody, or maybe there were smattering people at the upper ring. But that lower bowl, I mean, it was packed. It was to capacity. It it was rocking in St. Louis for the first time in five years that they've had football there. That that just blows my mind. That's been that long. So here's the deal. Like I said, we'll talk about the attendance, but I just wanted to throw out that caveat that I didn't want to sound like a hypocrite about talking about well the attendance wasn't great here but oh it was it was amazing here i mean so we'll i'll 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 explain myself um but uh st louis beat up absolutely beat up new york 29 to 9 it was just as bad as bad as what los angeles did to dc i mean New York could not get anything past the line of scrimmage. They just absolutely, uh, they absolutely just could not uh, get out of their own way. And St. Louis is actually one of those teams that uh, is. It's just really a, a surprise team. They really are. They're they're a good, solid team. And uh, so, yeah, they're they're just a good, good, solid team. They're two and one right now, but they're a good two and one. And you know, I didn't expect much from St. Louis going into the season, but they've got a really exciting offense. I mean, they, they really do. Um, I mean, Tamo was good. Again, 12 of 18, 419 yards, 
Um, and so he he really has um, rejuvenated St. Louis as far as football is concerned. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they do uh, going forward. As for New York, like I said, they just can't get out of their own ways. I mean, they just couldn't. It was bad. It was bad. They couldn't get past the line of scrimmage. When they when they did, it was shut down rather quickly. Uh, passing wise, uh, Williams was seven and fifteen uh, for ninety four yards, um, and then you know they they had an interception. They had uh, New York had an interception. They had uh, one touchdown. That was Perez who actually did the best out of all of the three quarterbacks. Uh, he was four or five, uh, but he only passed for 39 yards. But he did get that one touchdown. So, again, I, I, I don't put much faith in New York. Um, I just I just don't. And it's really sad, and we'll talk about this. <coughs> Pardon me. We'll talk about this more <clears throat> when we talk about the attendance and the ratings. But <clears throat> New York has the biggest media market and Los Angeles number two. So, yeah, there's that. <coughs> mm, pardon me. So... <clears throat> There's that. Dallas and Seattle. <coughs> Man, I am so sorry, you guys. Uh, allergies must be kicking in. <laughs> Anyhow. <coughs> so, we've got uh, Dallas and Seattle. This is the game that put me to sleep. And it's really sad. Because... Dallas has one of the greatest college coaches ever in Bob Stoops and he absolutely they absolutely just I don't know they 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 just put me to sleep yes they won the game but it was just it was it was it was just a boring game and you know, uh, yeah, it was just boring. <clears throat> Finally, uh, the game of the week, Houston and uh, Tampa. Houston wins 34-27. to uh, 27. And, you know, Houston has a great team. They're undefeated. They've got good luck. Their defense is stout. Their offense is humming. I mean, they are a great team. There are three great teams I believe right now in the XFL. Houston certainly there. St. Louis at 2-1. D.C. at 2-1. Those are the three great teams. But you've got Tampa, Dallas, Seattle, New York, L.A. that just they're they're just not they're not great teams. I mean, 
they are to some degree but oh man I, so uh there's that <clears throat> right so uh that is what happened uh with uh this week's uh slave games the other thing that i wanted to to mention was the amount of penalties this week. Um, it was embarrassing. I mean, especially with Los Angeles <clears throat> versus DC, it was just embarrassing. I I, I, I lost I honestly lost track of how many uh penalties you had. But it was just embarrassing. It was like every other play there was a flag and I get trying to make the league as safe as possible and yeah if you have offsides or holding or pass interference or or anything yeah you 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 do have to call it but at the same time you have to look at it and say yeah but yeah but what do we do? What do we do to make this you know uh exciting for for people and so do you open up the play a little do you do you give them a little bit of leeway what what do you do and and the answer is i i I don't know um i I couldn't tell you, but like I said. Just overall, the amount of penalties was just, uh, it was bad. Mm. Okay, so, now we're going to uh, go over uh, the hard numbers for, uh, for uh, the week, this is from uh, WrestlingInc.com. So, uh, <clears throat> this is um, so. This is what what happened. So, um, the uh, ratings dropped again in week three, while the attendance was up for the third week in a row. So. It's basically trading one one for uh you know the other in terms of TV ratings the four games were down 21 almost 22% from the last week from week 2 and down 48% from week 1 uh four games averaged uh, 1.61 million viewers compared to 2.6 million uh, viewers the week before of course there was about 3.5 million viewers uh, the first week, so you're losing viewers. I mean, uh, I don't know what happens with that, but <clears throat> the um, fan attendance was actually really good. So you had uh, the first game on Saturday. Uh, Seattle uh, 
Um, yeah, Seattle uh, game uh, averaged. Uh, well, they they brought in just a bit over seventeen thousand uh, fans. Or actually, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, uh, I <laughs> I was looking at the wrong numbers. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so no, okay. So this is uh, game one Saturday. Houston, Tampa Bay. There we go. Just a hair over eighteen thousand fans, and they had just a hair under two million uh, viewers, but that was down uh, a little under eleven percent um, of their of their ratings um, on uh, ABC Game Two, the uh, afternoon uh, slash evening game. Uh, Dallas at Seattle. It was twenty two thousand, a little over twenty two thousand, uh, showed up, uh, and they had just over two million, um, viewers. But that was down about twelve percent. Um, Sunday's game on ESPN, New York and St. Louis, darn near thirty thousand people. I mean that's incredible. That is a that is just fantastic. Uh, so just under thirty thousand, um, absolutely amazing. Uh, there, uh, but it only uh, averaged about one and a half, rounding up one and a half million uh, viewers. That was down almost forty percent. Uh, that's just ludicrous. And, and then the Sunday afternoon slash evening game, uh, DC at Los Angeles, they drew 12,000, a little over 12,000, but they only had about a million viewers, which was down about 26%. Um, our total attendance for week three, 81,942. That's up. Almost seven and a half percent. The uh, average television viewers, though, was only one point six one million viewers. That was down about twenty two percent from the week before. That's scary, and I think what it is is that. You have you have four games over the weekend, and you may watch like the the morning game, or you may watch the the uh, the afternoon game. But you're not going to watch you know both of them, uh, and you're also going to look at it and you're going to say, okay, well. Is the play good? Some of it is very, very good, but <clears throat> but uh, there are some that are just stinkers. I mean, like I said, the um, the games with Dallas at Seattle that put me to sleep in <clears throat> New York. In St. Louis, that was a blowout. D.C. 
in Los Angeles. That was a blowout. It was kind of scary, though, because, and this goes back to the uh, attendance. And this is what, what I mean by I don't want to sound like a hypocrite is that overall, they don't fill these stadiums. I know it's just the first year. I know we're only into week, well, going into week four uh, tomorrow. But you're not filling up these stadiums. And places like Houston, where you're playing at the University of Houston, so there should be no excuses, none, as far as attendance. Uh, filling that stadium, especially the fact that they are undefeated, they have quite possibly the most dominant and dominating uh, team offense, defense in the league so far. You should have no problem filling up that stadium. And they're having a problem filling up the stadium. Uh, Seattle. Same problem. I mean, they are having a hard time filling up the stadium. It looks bad on television. Uh, you look at, um, you know, that that just looks bad on television. Uh, you look at, um, you look at New York at MetLife. Uh, they can't even fill half the stadium. I mean, that's really depressing. Um, And so I'm going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite when I say that St. Louis was actually a success. I mean, yes, the upper ring, the upper bowl was empty. But that lower bowl, that lower ring was hopping. My gosh, it was hanging from the rafters. It was incredible. It was incredible to see that atmosphere in St. Louis. And that actually shows me that the XFL and the NFL can coexist. I I understand that other semi-pro leagues have come and gone, but they can exist. They can coexist, and I really believe that they that they have, you know, a, a, a good solid chance. Now, uh, moving uh, moving on uh, from uh, from that, uh, the the one place that I was just shocked by was Los Angeles. Uh you had you had uh Los Angeles uh over twelve thousand but that stadium looked empty. I mean it's a soccer only stadium that they've converted into a football stadium and it was empty. It was just it, it looked bad on television. I mean, it looked really bad on television. So if you're the XFL, you got to start thinking. Hmm. Well, our attendance has gone up, but what do we do? 
with the ratings. Or if you focus too much on the ratings, then you're not going to have anybody come out to actually watch the game. So it's really, it's a tricky, you know, balancing act. But there's, uh, there's that. Right. So that is uh, the uh, the XFL. Uh, going to take a uh, quick break. Uh, we'll come back and uh, we will talk about Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder Part Two. Oh, that was a tough fight to watch. So we'll we'll get to that. Uh, I'll see you guys in a moment. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and uh, now we're talking about Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury Part 2. This came to you last uh, weekend from the MGM Grand in Paradise, Nevada. That was bad. That was that was that was bad. That was a bad fight. Uh full disclosure, I didn't watch it live. I did watch uh the replay on uh, YouTube. Uh and I, I just I just kind of shook my head. Uh you would be forgiven if you thought after the first two rounds you you would have thought, oh, Deontay Wilder is winning. He he's more aggressive. He's more assertive. Tyson Fury is just doing his typical jabs, you know. And so you would have thought, okay, well, Wilder is, is going to just run away with this. Then the third round happens. And it's just all downhill from there. As far as uh, Deontay Wilder was concerned. So, um, this is from uh, YouTube. Um, In the third round, Fury floored Wilder with a uh, strong right hand uh, to the temple. Wilder beat the count and survived the round, but was visibly disoriented as blood began to stream from his left ear. It looked horrible on television. I mean, they had a towel to try to, you know, soak up the blood and to, to stop the bleeding. And I mean, that towel was just soaked. It was soaked. It was just scary looking and I'm like oh my gosh why are you not stopping the fight this is bad uh but they let Deontay Wilder go back out there uh so then Wilder fell to the canvas a couple of times but they were rolled the slips by Kenny Bayless uh, before uh, Fury uh, knocked Wilder down again in the fifth round with a quick combination. Um, and then 
he had bleeding from his mouth and his ear. And the fight was thankfully stopped midway through the seventh round uh, when Deontay Wilder's uh, corner threw on the towel, literally threw on the towel. I gotta say this, and there's there's equal parts of blame. First of all, I don't like using this word because of the connotation, but Deontay Wilder was victimized. He was victimized that whole that whole thing. He was just victimized. And it just it it just looked bad. It it was just really not good. He you know, he was just getting pummeled and like I said, he was bleeding profusely and he kept getting knocked down and tripping all over himself and looking disoriented. And here's where I have the problem. I have a problem with two things. I have a problem with the corner who should have looked after Deontay Wilder's health and said, Ugh, this guy's getting pummeled. And we're we're basically trying to stop bleeding. I would have stopped the fight in the fourth round. Be honest with you, I would have stopped in the fourth round. I know that people paid good money to see this fight. I know that people uh, watched it on pay-per-view and and they would have felt gypped. But but in the long run, you got to look at what the uh, you know you, you got to look at what's in the best interest of the fighter. Uh, Muhammad Ali uh, said something to the fact that he had never felt as close to death as what he did after the fight with Joe Frazier at Madison Square Garden. I mean, uh, Ali looked spent. He looked disoriented. It just, it was painful to watch. And that fight was the the beginnings of uh Parkinson's for uh for Muhammad Ali. Uh, and so for Deontay Wilder to be pummeled like he was for basically six and a half rounds, it just it was it, it it really upset me. I'm like, are you kidding me? You could have saved your fighter. You could have um, you could have um, saved your fighter. You could have looked out for his health. I understand that people paid good money to watch the fight, and I I know that you know Deontay Wilder probably was like, no, 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 let me go. I can go. I can do this. I can go. And yeah, you have to listen to your to your uh, fighter, but at the same time, you gotta look out for their best interest. And what his best interest is is not getting pummeled and and having traumatic brain injuries. I'm not saying that he does. 
but boxing is a violent sport. And I don't know of very many, if anybody, that gets out of boxing um, with all their faculties intact. I just, I, I've not seen it, you know. Um, I've just not seen it. So, I just look at it and I say, okay, that's on you, corner. But the other problem is the referee. Referee should have very clearly realized that Deontay Wilder was just, I mean, he was dazed, he was confused, he he was in peril for most of that fight, and he should have, you know, basically waved it off and said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you, uh, risk your life, your limb, your health, all that, just for, for a fight. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And so, the referee, I, I blame the referee in the first fight because he didn't, he didn't stop Tyson Fury when Tyson Fury got knocked down in the twelfth round. He he should have stopped the fight. You know, I, I know that Tyson Wilder got back up, but it's like I said, he got up and he didn't he didn't do what the referee had asked him to do. He didn't go back to a corner and then walk back towards him. He turned around, took a step pivoted, turned around, took the step back, back to the referee. And I'm like, no, that's not, mm, no. I would have said, no, no, we're, we're stopping the fight. Um, and <clears throat> the referee in this fight should have stopped. <sighs> yeah, okay, if you want to give them until the fifth round... Maybe, but after that fifth round, there there were no excuses. There were absolutely no excuses because Wilder was bleeding from both ears. He was bleeding from the mouth. It just, it was bad. It was a bad visual. His eyes were shut and he looked just disoriented. It was bad. So... I don't blame Tyson Fury. He did what he was trained to do. But I blame Wilder's corner for not throwing in the towel sooner. And I blame the referee for not stopping the fight sooner. you got to look after the, the health and safety of the fighters. Otherwise, boxing will not have a future. It just won't. All right, so that is that. All right, coming up after uh, the break, going to uh, talk about the memorial service for those who lost their lives in that horrific helicopter crash just outside of Los Angeles. Tragically ending the lives of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi. And uh, so we'll talk 
Um, so we'll talk about uh, that uh, as well. It was it was a really beautiful, really gorgeous uh, uh, memorial. A lot of big name speakers were there. So we will uh, talk about uh, that. And then in our long snap segment, we're going to talk about uh, the miracle on ice at 40. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is going to be a bit of a short segment. Uh, and <clears throat> more, uh, more somber. Um, but I I watched the Kobe Bryant memorial, and that was just I mean that was just wrenching to watch. It 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 real it really was. Um, Beyonce started off the. Uh, the uh, the memorial, uh, beautiful song. She had everybody in the Staples Center singing along with her. It was it was just a really fun um, moment. If you, I guess if you can call it fun, it was it was really poignant. That that's a better word. It's really poignant. It was very. It was just. It was just. It was. It was good. Um, you had people like Gino Ariama, coach of UConn. You had Diana Trazi. You had um, the uh, Godfather for the uh, <clears throat> for the uh, Bryant family. There, you had Michael Jordan. Uh, and Shaq, both giving amazing, amazing uh, speeches. Jimmy Kimmel. Look, you can say what you want about Jimmy Kimmel going all the way back to the man show, but I think he he handled that with grace, with dignity, uh, with um, with just... Yeah, he he was he was he was a good choice as as far as being a host, um, and the emotion was real. I'm not saying that it it wasn't. It was very much real for, um, uh, especially Jimmy Kimmel, especially Michael Jordan. Um, it was just it was just real. Vanessa Bryant spoke. That was gut wrenching. My gosh, that was just gut wrenching. Um, hearing about the loss of her daughter and 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 you know just an extraordinary life that was that was taken. Uh, and and her love for Kobe and and look, we we can we can talk about his off the court uh, situations, you know, especially. You know, going back fifteen, twenty years ago, but let's not lose sight of the fact that 
Uh, let's not lose sight of the fact that Kobe Bryant is still one of the absolute greatest to ever lace up a pair of sneakers. Hands down. Winning five championships? That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Um, scoring 81 points? Just astounding. Um, and so, Kobe Bryant... It's just, I mean, it was just a really amazing, amazing talent. Uh, it was really cool to see all of his peers there. Saw Steve Nash. Saw Rick Fox. I mean, Rick Fox. <laughs> hey, I'm just comfortable enough saying he's a good-looking guy. My gosh, he is a good-looking guy. Um... Uh, of course, Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade. Uh, you had a lot of you had a lot of great uh, people there. Now, um, as far as the uh, situation with um, the. Uh, you know, with you know, with Gigi, um, she was slated. She was recruited to go to um, to go to the uh, University of Connecticut, UConn, um, to be a Husky, and to me. I think that um, that's that's saying something. At age twelve, being recruited by quite possibly the greatest women's program in 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 college basketball, that just says how much that you know they they thought of Gigi Bryant. Now, uh, again, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know if she would have been the greatest WNBA player of all time. We, we'll never know. But just seeing Gino or Emma there, it was it was really a, a just a it was it was just really amazing to 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 see that. Um. So <clears throat> that is the uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, and Gigi Bryant's uh, memorial. Obviously, they honor the other people that were killed in the crash uh, as, as well. Um, but uh, yeah, this was really um, this was really just an amazing event. Uh, go to YouTube, watch it. You'll you'll be like, yeah, this was this was well worth my time. So uh, there's that. Right. So uh, one more segment uh, in uh, this week's sports portion of the show before we go into the wrestling part, and that is the long snap where we talk about the miracle on ice at age forty, if you can believe the good the bad, and unfortunately the ugly, and uh, we'll go from there.
All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for our final segment. This is the longest snap for the week. The one story that I wanted to share with you uh, in long form. So this past week was the 40th anniversary of the miracle on ice when the United States beat the Soviet Union in Lake Placid, New York, to get into the medal round. A lot of people thought that that was the gold medal game. No, it it wasn't. It was to get into the medal round. Um, so, <clears throat> at this uh, time, at this time, you got to look at just how incredibly uh just absolutely just insane that the Soviet Union was this is from wikipedia the Soviet Union uh entered the Lake Placid games as the heavy favorite having won four four consecutive gold medals back uh, dating back to uh, 1964 in the four Olympics following their 1960 bronze medal finish at Squaw Valley, the Soviet teams had gone an astounding, get this, 27, 1, and 1. And outscored their opponents 175 to 44. In head to head matchups against the United States, the cumulative score over that period was 28 to 7, and the Soviet team had not lost a game in the Olympic play since 1968. I mean, they hadn't lost in 12 years in Olympic competition going into uh, the game with, with the Americans. And they had blown out the Americans uh, before that. Uh, and in fact... Uh, in an exhibition on uh, February 9th of uh, 1980, the Americans were just demolished 10 to 3 at Madison Square Garden. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that was that was bad for the Americans, but I think that really got the Americans to think, no, we've got to we got to dig down. We got to really find that 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 extra bit of oomph, you know, to to get us over that hurdle. And so, um the game uh, started it was 2-2 after the first period. The Soviets uh, scored in the second period and then uh the United States came roaring back with two goals. In that third period, it's win four, two, three. And again, <laughs> you you think of the miracle on ice, and what you think of is that just absolutely iconic call by Al Michaels. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. He's done interviews for the last 40 years talking about the miracle on ice and uh, he has said 
that was that was not uh, scripted. That was just that was just spur of the moment. That was just you know uh, you know tipping my tongue, and I'm like, wow, that is that is really incredible. Um. Back in uh, 1980, uh, there there were no DVRs. Uh, VCRs were relatively new. Um, there wasn't really such thing as cable. The internet didn't exist, at least commercially did not exist. So, to me, um, it was kind of like, okay... Uh, we've got, um, we've got the situation of nobody really knowing, uh, what the, what the final score was. Um, and, uh, so it was on tape delay and it, it was, so yeah, it was just a totally different media scene back 40 years ago uh i uh, a number of years ago I, I i finally uh sat down to to actually watch uh watch the game it was thrilling my gosh it was just it was throwing that place in uh, lake placid was i mean the the arena was just rocking I mean, American flags and people were hugging, and it was a real big confidence booster to the United States. It was like, okay, we can overcome the Soviet Union. We can overcome communism. Uh, and you know, nine years later, you started to see the beginnings of the end to communism, at least on a global scale. So there's that. Now, that's uh, the uh, the good and the bad. What's the ugly? Well, the ugly, unfortunately, is the fact that the team uh, showed up at a rally for Donald Trump. And... Uh, they had the Keep America Great hats on. And Mike Ruzioni, hero, uh, he's been he's been a, a hero for 40 years. Uh, absolutely uh, has just gotten crushed on social media. And he's like, I I I didn't realize this was going to cause such, such a such a stink and and I'm like yeah because you're around a president that is so polarizing so divisive and he's using your team think about this he's using your team to benefit his campaign I I mean I look I. If it was going to be just a, 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 a just a, a, a private affair, you know, we're going to 
uh, have the uh, U.S. men's hockey team go to the White House, visit, take pictures, whatever. Fine, that's fine. That I'm I'm okay with that. But to do it at a rally, at a public rally, I mean, you gotta you gotta remember where you're at. I mean, this is the same thing that happened with the Washington Nationals, where you know people you know, had the Keep America Great hats um, and Make America Great and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just really divisive. So, while I can appreciate Mike Ruzioni saying, gosh, I didn't realize it was going to cause this much stink, Think where you are, Mike. I mean, you're with the most divisive president we've ever had. And what did you think was going to happen? I mean, ser- seriously, what what did you think was going to happen? Um, <clears throat> so, there's that. Right, so that is the sports portion. Come back. And we will uh, do uh, the uh, wrestling part. Uh, And so I will be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we are talking wrestling, folks. Everything you want to know, WWE, NXT, AEW, NWA, we got it all covered. So let's start off with WWE. You had Super Showdown from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia yesterday. I watched the whole thing and it was actually really good. I was... I was surprised by some of the uh some of the things that uh went down. Um but uh we're going to go uh through that. So, um again this is from uh, Wikipedia, so <clears throat> you had uh, the pre-show, you had uh, the OC, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson beating the Viking Raiders. Um, I didn't really watch that match. I, I saw the highlights and I was just kind of like, mm, okay. Uh, so then you start off with the gauntlet match for the Tawake Trophy, I'm sure that the intentions were good. I'm sure that they're trying to make it a prestigious thing, but it just it looked cheap. It it looked it looked absolutely cheap. I don't know if you remember that show Guts. Uh, from back in the the 90s where you know they they went up you know the the astro crag and then they you know they awarded you know a piece of it to 
you know, player and just, uh, you know, it just, it, it looked kind of hokey. Uh, it looked cool at the time. Um, but I mean, it just looked kind of hokey now looking back at it, you know, all these years later, but I gotta say, uh, that, uh, the Twake trophy, again, it, it's well-intentioned, but it's well-intentioned, but it just, I don't know, it just, it looked, it looked cheap, um, but you had, um, our truth, uh, yeah, Bobby Lashley, Eric Rowan, uh, AJ Styles, Andrade, and The Undertaker, <laughs> and uh, so our truth, he he was doing amazing. I mean, he won by disqualification. He won by a roll up. He roll. Uh, he uh, won by just you know, collapsing on you know one of his opponents. Then he gets to AJ Styles, and uh, AJ, uh, I mean, just, he he took advantage of the fact that uh, R-Truth was just absolutely just decimated, beat him rather easily, and it was supposed to be Rey Mysterio that was coming out, but Rey got jumped in the back by the OC, and then... You go back to the back, and the Undertaker uh, just lays out the uh, the OC, and all you could see, and it was it was so it was so brilliant. All you could see was the bottom half of the Undertaker's you know gear. So you saw the the long black trench coat. You saw. You know the the black boots, and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, and so uh, to me, that was a brilliant move. Now I had heard, okay, I had heard that the Undertaker huh, might might uh, have gone up against um, AJ Styles at WrestleMania, which. Pardon the uh, pun would have been well phenomenal, <laughs> um, and I mean it still probably will happen because of how quickly the match ended at Super Showdown. I mean Undertaker didn't even bother taking off you know his gear. He you know he grabbed AJ Styles, choke slam. I mean he got some air under him. <laughs> and choke slammed him and uh pinned him uh one two three and uh Undertaker didn't even I mean he just kind of glanced at the trophy and then he just kinda of just walks off kinda of like eh, okay, whatever. So this will I believe go into uh WrestleMania. Uh, next up, uh, Miz and John Morrison defeating the New Day of Big E, Kofi Kingston. This was a heck of a tag match. It was fast-paced. It was back and forth. 
uh, <clears throat> you know, the uh, the new day. Uh, they're they're never far out from you know the the tag titles. Uh, I hope that they don't just give them back. Um, I, I know that's probably tempting to do. But I hope the WWE doesn't do that. I hope they allow Miz and Morrison to, to hold on to his house. At least until WrestleMania. And then then we'll see what happens. Um, next up was Angel uh, Garza defeating Umberto Carrillo. Uh, I, I, I didn't really watch the match. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Uh, but, um, yeah, it just sounded like, from everything I read and heard and whatever, it it just didn't seem like there was that much excitement for, uh, that particular match. Um, Seth Rollins' buddy, Murphy, uh, defeating the Street Profits, um, to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships again, I saw bits and pieces of it. Um, and then uh, you go uh, to the next match. Uh, Monsoor defeating Dolph uh, Ziggler. I'm really confused by Monsoor. And I'm confused because he's at the Performance Center. He's He's training. He's... 3 and 0 at Super Showdown. He's got the whole of Saudi Arabia basically right behind him. He looks good in the ring. I don't see why he's just I get that he's a promotional tool for um the fans in Saudi Arabia. But. To me. I mean. That's. If, if that's all you're going to do. Is just have them. Go to Saudi Arabia. And, and that's all you're really going to have them do. Um, that's, that's just a waste. I think what they need to do is they need to say, okay, we're taking off his training wheels and we're going to debut him. Look, if they want to keep him closer to home, put him on NXT UK. Just saying. Just put him on NXT UK. Let him get his feet wet. And then you bring him along. But I don't know why they're not trying to push Mansoor. Next up was Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. Not much to really speak of on this match. It was... It was just really depressing. Ricochet saying, why not me? Why couldn't it be me? And I'm like, huh, well, let's see. Uh, Vince McMahon's quasi-racism... Or the fact that it was in Saudi Arabia. Or the fact that it's closer to WrestleMania season. 
or the fact that it's Brock Lesnar, or the fact that Vince McMahon, by and large, doesn't really uh, doesn't really like to give um, credit to anybody that didn't come, you know, homegrown from, you know, uh, developmental NXT, you know, and, and all that. Uh, take your pick, Ricochet. <laughs> take your pick. I'm not saying that he can't be a champion. He will be a long-serving uh, champion. But he will have to really fight for it, unfortunately. It's it's just one of those things. He's going to really have to fight for it. Um, but uh, anyway, so there's that. Um, Roman Reigns defeating King Corbin inside of a steel cage. Look, it, it is what it is. It was... It was it was it was an okay seal cage match. Um, you compare that to the match that was on AEW last week with Cody. That was a heck of a match. That was a heck of a of a um, of a seal cage match. The the Reigns Corbin one was <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was it was just there. Uh, Bailey uh, defeating Naomi. Um, some people don't think that Bailey is a good heel. I I disagree. I think she's a good heel. I think she's still trying to learn how to be a heel. Um, but yeah, there there's that. Um, finally Goldberg defeating uh, the Fiend. It took. Four spears and a jackhammer to take uh, care of the fiend. This hurts Bray Wyatt. Absolutely hurts him. Absolutely. Now, there are people like The Undertaker that they don't need championships because they, they're just so much bigger than a championship. But Bray Wyatt has been struggling ever since moving up to the main roster from NXT, he's been struggling. He finally give him uh, a. Um, they they finally give him, you know, a, a great character, a compelling character, a character people, you know, uh, respond to. Um, and I mean, he looked just. It just it looked bad with with Goldberg. Now I understand why they did it. It was because um, they wanted to you know pull up nostalgia you know again, but also I think it was an apology to Bill Goldberg because of the really horrific match they had with the Undertaker. Uh, at Super Showdown. So I think that this was, you know, WWE's way of saying, we're sorry, Bill, we're going to give you this opportunity um, and and all that. So that is uh, Super Showdown. Now, 
very quickly, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, you've got WrestleMania coming up. Got Brock Lesnar versus uh, 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 Brock Lesnar. Or it's me, Brock Lesnar versus <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus Brock Lesnar. That that'd be something. No, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship, and you've got Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Championship. Those are the only two official matches. Now <clears throat> you're hinting at Randy Orton versus Edge. You're hinting at Undertaker versus AJ Styles. You're um, going. Um, you're going in uh, whole hog uh, with um, a lot of these matches. Um, that I, I'm I'm really interested to see where. Everything shakes out um, and uh, goes uh, from uh, there. So uh, there's uh, that. All right, uh, we're just going to keep uh, things going uh, commercial free on the back half. Going to. Talk about uh, uh, Charlotte Flair going back to NXT this week. She looked amazing against Bianca Belair. It was incredible to see Charlotte Flair back at Full Sail. I really think that that's maybe not long term, but for the short term, I, I think that that's where she needs to you know where she needs to to you know to be uh long long term and uh, that was a heck of a match my gosh that was just amazing uh the other uh, big development is uh Walter from NXT UK the NXT UK champion uh pretty much laying down uh the uh the gauntlet against Finn Balor for presumably Tampa takeover Tampa that won't suck <laughs> that match will not suck um uh, so we'll see what happens with uh with that Right, <clears throat> so uh, that is um, WWE for uh, this week. Uh, AEW, you have Resolution, or uh, Revolution, sorry, Revolution coming up. Uh, you have Revolution coming up uh, this um This next uh, week, um, coming up on Sunday, actually. So, 
the matches. Got Chris Jericho versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. MJF with Wardlow meeting Cody with Arn Anderson. Got back of a match. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks for the Tag Team Championships. Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Nala Rose versus Chris Statlander. Uh, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. And SoCal Uncensored, that's Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky with Christopher Daniels uh, to meet the Dark Order of uh, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson with Alex Reynolds and John Silver. So, big, big matches. <clears throat> I am uh, looking forward to that. I will do my utmost level best to try to watch it. Uh, we'll we'll see how that all plays out, though. Uh, so, uh, there's that. Uh, finally, this week, uh, you've got NWA, uh, Nick Aldis, Marty Skrull coming up at the Crockett Cup. On April 19th. And this is going to be a heck of a match. A half a million dollars is on the line. If Marty Skrull loses, he has to pony up half a million dollars to Nick Aldis. So, um, there is, uh, there is that. Um. <clears throat> so we'll be back next week we'll go over XFL week 4 we'll go over uh, AEW's revolution we'll uh, go over uh, WWE pretty much everything else that comes our way throughout the sports week this week so Until next week, folks, this is Russell Wortham. And as always, just like the Beatles sang all those many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.